The Mountain Woman Radio Show is brought to you by FermentTools.com. Fermentation. Preservation. Enjoy. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, which can be found on our website at treyerwilderness.com and also on iTunes. Welcome to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where we are homesteading traditionally 100% off-grid today and offering preparedness and survival tips for tomorrow. Here's your host, Tammy Treyer. Welcome, everyone. It is a very brisk day here in Idaho. We actually have some snow falling, which will be the first snow we've gotten, and uh, calling for a a winter weekend of snow. So I'm looking forward to that because, as most of you know, I love snow. I love snowshoeing. I love the way it looks out here. It's like a winter wonderland. So this is my my kind of weather, although I like all the seasons, but this is, it's pretty to look at. So um, we are blessed to have a really wonderful guest on today. I'm going to take a short break to hear some words from our sponsors, and we will be right back to introduce her. Stay tuned. The new Pioneer Magazine, taking the skills and techniques of yesteryears and combining it with solar, hydroponics, and various other advancements of today, creating the most robust pioneering magazine on the market. In addition to the new Pioneer magazine, they also have available the American Frontiersman magazine, taking you back to a more primitive time, and both magazines can be found at newpioneermag.com. Get your copies today and be prepared for tomorrow. Do you have a loved one, or are you suffering from celiac disease or a gluten intolerance? Trying to find that perfect flour? Whether you are baking cookies, flaky pie crusts, or baking breads from scratch, or you are looking for a quick cake from a package, Look no further. Better Batter offers non-GMO gluten-free products with an assortment of packaged items as well as flour packaged in varying sizes, including their bulk sizes, perfect for those of you that are practicing your preparedness skills. Better Batter is not just another gluten-free flour. It's what you have been searching for. Visit betterbatter.org. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine, encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. Okay, we are back, and I am feeling extremely blessed to be able to interview someone that has lived the life that we are desiring to live. Um, Bonnie Rose Ward is the author of Winds of Skilak, Skilak is actually how you pronounce that, and it is a book, as it's uh, written, a tale of true grit, true love, and survival in the Alaska wilderness. Um, Our family is just dying to get deep into Alaska, as if we aren't living 
the dream already, um, but to really go fully off-grid without solar even um, is a real dream of ours. And I had the privilege of reading Bonnie's book, and it was just making me giddy. I felt like I was reading my own story. Um, they have so much in common with our family, and um, I'm just going to let Bonnie share her story. Bonnie, thank you so, so much for joining me. Oh, you're welcome, Tammy, and I just want to say that the blessing is mutual. I'm, I feel very blessed to be on your show, and I thank you for the opportunity. Oh, you are most welcome, and I look forward to getting the word out. This is a great book. Um, I love it when you pick up a book and you start reading and you can't put it down. And while you're trying to do things that you know are supposed to be getting done, and in the back of your mind that book is calling your name, that's when you know it's a good book, and that's what I experienced. I went several nights without a whole lot of sleep because I couldn't put her book down. So um, I highly recommend it. And, and Bonnie, would you share your story with my audience? Uh, yes, I'd be really glad to. Um, first of all, Tammy, I want to say you mentioned that you would like to go to Alaska, you and your family. And I tell everyone that ever tells me, oh, I'd love to go to Alaska, uh, my advice is go. Go to Alaska. You will not regret it. It's just a beautiful state. Um, with, with lots of opportunity, and especially for people who want to live off-grid. It's just the ideal place. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, I can, I'll share the story. Um, it begins, I'll just give away the first line in the book, okay. and the first line is I'm asking my husband, what do you mean you put the house up for sale? <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been married six years when he came home with that life-changing news. <laughs> um, he, uh, I knew that he'd al- it was always his dream to go to Alaska since he was a boy, and when we first got married, we talked about it a lot over, you know, the, the next few years off and on. One day we're going to go there and do that. And he hadn't talked about it for maybe a year. We had just remodeled our home in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, and built on. And I was just totally content living the American dream. <laughs> and he came home with the news that he had put the house up for sale and, and turned in his notice at work and we're going to Alaska. He was as excited as a schoolboy at Christmas. You know, he finally made the decision. And um, the first chapter, you know, it, it, it talks about how we were taught, we're discussing it um, because it was just kind of a, a lightning bolt for me. And because um, I think secretly I had thought, well, I'll go if he wants to go, but I had sort of hoped he got that idea out of his mind, but he didn't. And I guess my first thought was, well, I guess it's about time. And his argument was, Bonnie, if I don't do this now, I'll never do it. So I thought, okay, this is your dream. If you don't do it, you'll regret it the rest of your life. So we can do this. But I'll be honest with you, Tammy, I really thought after a year of living in the wilderness, he would get this camping trip out of his system and be content with going back home to civilization. However, we spent a decade on that island, um, and I absolutely came to love it. As you sort of discover, um, you know, towards the end of the book, um, you'll discover my love for, for Ski Lack Lake and the lifestyle. Uh, we totally embraced living off the grid. Where we were, um, there was no road to the island, of course. It's on a huge glacier-fed lake, 15 miles long, with huge mountains at the head of the lake. Um, and the lake was very um, well known for its sudden storms. It had a bad reputation um, because we'd get willow wall winds up to 100-mile-hour gusts. 
Um, that is the reason I titled the book Winds of Ski Lack, because we literally lived by the winds. <laughs> when we went to the island, uh, we lived in a pup tent for three months uh, while we built our cabin. And um, we had no running water, no electric. Um, we actually drank right from the lake. It was very good water. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, we got out there and... Um, you know, I don't want to give uh, any any teasers away, but uh, we were up to about window height when a very tragic accident happened, and I just knew we were going home. I just knew we couldn't stay there. But my husband, and that's the reason I subtitled the book, A Tale of True Grit, um, this man has true grit. And he, he had decided, I'm not leaving. This is where I'm staying, and this is our home. And I thought, my goodness, if you can, what you just went through and you want to stay, then who am I to complain? So um, we stuck it out and, and we made it happen. That's, that's so crazy. You're actually bringing tears to my eyes because that is, my husband is the same way. When I read about your incident, which was just beyond awing, I mean, that's, you aren't kidding. That is true grit. We were blessed. Um, very, very blessed. He, um, um, you know, he's pretty stubborn and determined, and I'll tell you, to, to embrace the lifestyle that we lived, it takes a lot of hard work and determination. Sure. There's no, um, you know, doubt about that. We, and when we lived, we lived on the island through the whole 80s, you know, almost a decade, yeah. and, you know, when we moved out there, there was no cell phone, and we had no communication. The only way you could communicate with us is if you wanted to send us a message, you'd have to call the radio station <laughs> and ask after the 7 o'clock um, evening news, they would announce um, messages to people living out in the Alaskan bush. Mm-hmm. And it might say something like, uh, to Sam and Bonnie on Caribou Islands, Merry Christmas, love mom and dad. Um, or to Sam and Bonnie, can you meet us at the landing tomorrow at noon? Yep. And, and that sort of thing. That's so cool. That this, I, I imagine your family had as hard of a time as ours did. That was our biggest reason for starting our blog was that we, so that we had a way of communicating with our family and just posting every so often that we were still alive and not eaten by a bear or uh, had a tree fall on us or something. My, my mom was really concerned about us living in the wall tent the way we did. So I, I can imagine your family was a little concerned too. And I loved how you um, mentioned in your book, your trips to the post office. <laughs> oh, the trip to the post office, that little log cabin post office in Sterling was the biggest pull for us to leave the island and get into town. Um, it was our only link to loved ones um, so many, many miles away. And there would be so many times on the island that we were stuck, we couldn't come or go. Um, either it would be the wind and we get the worst winds in the fall, um, and or it would be waiting during freeze-up or waiting during breakup, which can take six weeks or longer. And so there's many times that you really couldn't go. And my letters back home would turn into journals. (laughs) And I just was always dying to get to the mailbox and mail my letters out to all of our loved ones and and get their mail. Um, You know, because when we went up, we didn't know a soul up there. We we really were. um, My book um, just covers the first two years. 
And it was the Alaska or bust years. It was it was the you know the tough years. Right. Giving up everything. We both had really good jobs in Ohio, and like I said, living the American dream, right. which we turned it into the, the Alaskan dream or the or the dream of living off the off grid. Right. Um, and I'm telling you, it's. I think it's just wonderful that it seems to be more, there seems to be more and more people nowadays that are trying to return to that back-to-basic lifestyle, and it is, I think it's just fabulous. Yep, I agree. I totally agree with you. Um, with things the way they are, it's it's a lifestyle that you can survive no matter what, you know, it, it, and like you said, it's a little bit more work, but the gratification and, and um just the feeling of heart that you get enjoying a life like you and I do is just amazing. And I chuckle because I your packages, when you'd get your packages and you'd be going through your packages, I had to just chuckle because a couple weeks ago my girlfriend Eileen sent me a care package. You know, She thinks of me throughout the year and puts things aside and decided to send out this package to me. And it's like Christmas, you know, just getting those packages and going through and, and it's just heartwarming too to see how people think of you and and associate things with you and it, it's just uh, to get those treasures and and I know that some of the treasures you got were things that were extremely useful for you on your homestead and it's just neat how our family and how you have that connection and and I always chuckled at your trips out because there have been several times our first year here we were stuck back here for eight and a half weeks and couldn't drive out so it was either snowshoes snowmobile but the snowmobile only went like maybe a mile that we hit a spot where you couldn't continue anymore so it was on foot then so snowshoes or, or hiking or whatever and it's a 10 mile round trip so I got it, it was really funny the just association so often just made me chuckle <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, when you're talking about, you know, getting the mail and stuff and getting those, my mother called the, the packages that her and my dad would send to, to us, the love care packages. Oh, yes. And, oh, you know, it was just such a blessing to get these things. And and just the connection, you know, honestly, I, I think it drew us closer because um, just just writing, um, we, 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 my mother's letters would turn into journals, and my letters would turn into journals, and um, just just communicating like that, I, you know, for me, um, I probably will say more in a letter than I would verbally, so yeah. I think it, it drew us so much closer um, oh, cool. with, with family members, just, just communicating, um, you know, through the written word. Yeah, and it's funny because that's such a lost art anymore that's so you know, it doesn't happen um, like it used to where people would just drop a, a note in the mail to people. Now there's email and Facebook and all that stuff. And even though it's nice to hear from people, there's something there's something to be said about that traditional note that you receive in the mail, you know, and that's I can I totally can relate to that. <laughs> Well, you know, because it's 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 a little more work for somebody to do that, and it just I think it's so much more personal. It's it like I agree with you. It's nice to get the emails. I love to see them coming, but I think when you get something in the mail, that that just doesn't happen so much anymore. But it just gives you a little extra, you know, warmth in your heart and yes. makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah, and just know that you were thought of in an extra way because a lot of my girlfriends and I will keep in touch that way and they go to the extreme of making the card. My mother-in-law makes the cards that they send. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, heart put into it and, and love put into it. So it's neat. And, and that's that was a real big lifeline for you guys. Oh, it was. It was just everything. Because, like I said, we didn't know a soul when we went up there. And, um, 
you know, we, we met, we made friends along the way, but it was just really the two of us. And it was, it was just the two of us on the island, um, all year round. In the summertime, you get, you get what we call the weekend warriors that come out. <laughs> you know, there's a, a couple families that would come out there, um, you know, in the summertime, but, but, uh, during, during the, the deep winter months, it was just my husband and I yep. for, for weeks or even months at a time. And we were each other's only friend yep. and companion. Um, and I know there's a, there's a chapter in my book called Cabin Fever, and, and it's a real thing up there. Yeah. <laughs> you really can get cabin fever due to um, the lack of light in the winter. Yeah. And, of course, in our case, being stranded on an island and just <laughs> not having any company or just having each other. But it drew us really close together. Um, you know, like we would we trap together. We, we'd hunt together. uh um, we read together. We'd read a book every night. That was our entertainment because, of course, we didn't have a television. Um, we would read. And we, we set aside some rules for ourselves so that we wouldn't get cabin fever. And we made a pact that we would not read anything during the day uh, unless we're just really snowed in in a blizzard. But we'd be outside. And, you know, you're busy when you live off the grid like yep. that because yep. you're getting your water supply in. You're, you're, you're going out and getting your wood, cutting your wood and chopping it and yep. getting your wood in and, um, and then maybe running your trap line and coming in. And by the end of the day, you feel really good. You feel uh, good about what you did and that you were able to do it for yourself, yep. um, you know. It beats going and punching a time clock and, you know, it just, you know, that physical activity, uh, that self-sufficiency, self-reliance, it's just a really good feeling. And, you know, sometimes we would hear on, on the radio when we would listen to it in the evening, um, we'd hear that maybe there was a power outage in town and <laughs> it didn't phase us one bit. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, that's no biggie. It doesn't bother us. It's really um, funny because we have run into that a couple times too, where the power's been out for like three days in town, and we run in to get you know something at the lo- the closest store here, and and they'll be like, oh, power just went on, and we're like, really? How long has it been out? <laughs> but and it's funny because yeah. we are still connected to the world with the internet because of my livelihood of being a web designer. So it's funny. I'll see the drop of communications go on on Facebook, but you know, you don't, I, I've learned to connect that recently with the fact that the power's out in there, you know, when it drops, yeah. it's typically because they don't have power and, and they don't have it for a good while. But it's like you said, the, the work, I mean, we don't need a gym. You, you guys were so healthy and so fit yeah. and, um, we feel the same way being able to go out and sweat with intention, you know, it, it feels good and it is healthy for you. And, and you're tired at the end of the day, but it, it's, it's just it's, such a different tired and such a different feeling. Yes. It's a good tired. Yes. You know, you feel such gratification. I did this for myself. I yep. didn't have to depend on the electric company or, or anybody else. I did it for myself and it's not, it's good. And, and yep. it feels good. And yeah, we were very fit um, all those years out there. And the first, uh, the first six months of life on the island, all we ate was brown beans. Yes. We took along a hundred-pound bag of brown beans, 
<laughs> and uh, that's what we ate, and it and it did a good job. It fueled us very well because <laughs> we worked probably uh, sometimes sixteen hours a day yep. trying to get that cabin built. Because oh, just we just looked so forward to getting under a roof. Yeah, oh, because for it was sure. cold. It, you know, our, the summers were cool there. Yep. Um, that's in the southern part of Alaska on the Kenai Peninsula, and, and summers were cool yeah. uh, when you just have a, a pup tent for shelter. For sure. <laughs> so it was, Really nice. So we worked hard. Yeah, for sure. Bonnie, um, I, I, like I said, I related so much to 99% of your book. It was just amazing. And um, I think our husbands are very much alike, and you and I are very much alike. And I, you know, there's something to be said when you are stuck in those situations, like you mentioned about cabin fever, and it's just the two of you. Um, it was just the three of us when we moved to Idaho as well, and we didn't know anyone um, really either. And it's just a neat feeling to bond. Um, for us, it's been the family, for the two of you, but you strengthen. Your whole family um, dynamics strengthen, and and, um, and it is neat to meet those lifelong friends. We have been so blessed, and I know you were too, with just the unique people that God puts in our path while we're making yeah. these adventures, you know? Yes, absolutely, and and he did for us. Um, I mean, you know, I, I prayed every single day that I was there, and I know that, you know, and I believe that there are angels among us, and I think there are people that God uses, and um, he did put some uh, fantastic people in our path that were a big help to us. Yeah. And we, you know, we did we did bond um you know, we we bonded quite well living out there. Uh, we evidently were compatible because you can't live, you can't be stranded on an island too long with someone if you're not compatible. So we were very compatible, and, and it was fun. It was quite quite a great adventure. Um, everything that we ate, we, we we took a year's supply of dry goods with us. We took our flour and sugar, yeah. you know, spices and coffee. Can't live without coffee. <laughs> I second that. Um, up to Alaska with us, but then all of our meat came from the land, every bit of it. Um, I, I tell people we really didn't buy meat or bread out of a grocery store for nine years. Yep. Um, we hunted everything, uh, black bear, moose, and we were fortunate where we lived because the salmon ran up the Kenai River and right into Skiwack Lake. Yep. They'd go right by the island, and you can see when they're there, they're jumping, and you've got this red, you can see the red collar in the water, and Whatever we were doing, we stopped and we just fished. And um, I canned everything. I canned our our salmon and black bear and moose and caribou. So we ate we ate good. Um, and and we'd snare rabbits or or yeah. kill rabbits. There was a lot of rabbits up there. And uh, <laughs> I know one time Sam had, had had quite a collection of rabbits, and it was in the winter time. And of course, you know, we had no refrigeration, and we hung the rabbits. You know, he hung, he skinned them and all that, and he hung them up on the eve of our house, you know, right by on the porch. And as we started taking them down and eating them, the further down the line we got, the more tender and tasty it became. So, yeah. you know, yeah. they actually tenderized even though they were froze. Um, but <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because that's what we do, too. We harvest off the land all of our meats, and we hang our, our venison and our elk as long as we can um, just for that same reason. It just gets so incredibly tasty. But that's that's amazing, and I loved you know, that you guys utilized everything that was around you. And I do have a question. When you can salmon, um, do you just uh, 
get the meat off the bones and just put that in jars without water, or do you need to add water to it? Um, when you put it in, no, you don't have to. You can just put it in without water. But we Sam would fillet them, so okay. he would just fillet them and cut them in chunks, and then we would put them, you know, in the jars and then pan them because they'll make up their own juices. Right, that's what I thought because that's what we do with the venison and and the elk. We we I ended up having to can 113 quarts of venison last year because we didn't have room in the freezer because the moose filled it, and that's what I did. But I'm dying to get the opportunity to do some salmon, and you just put a little bit of salt in there and then just put it in the pressure canner. Absolutely, yeah. Awesome. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Now, when you cook your meats, you know you need to add liquid into the jar. Um, I'll, you know, I got to where. Um, you know, not the first year, but um, I started to started experimenting with with the moose meat, especially. Um, I would I would actually make great big pots of um, moose uh, stew, uh, moose Swiss steak, meatballs, barbecue, uh, all kinds of dishes, <laughs> and then canned it. And of course, you've got your liquid in there um, for that. Okay. But it was really handy because we could be outside all day on the trap line, and and now in the middle of winter. We might have about four hours of daylight, and so we didn't have a lot of time to be on the trap line. But it, it seemed like every time we'd come into the house, the first thing out of Sam's mouth is, what's for dinner? <laughs> of course. <laughs> like, hey, I was trapping too. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> but, but it was really nice because that's the wonderful thing, too, about canned food and canned meat. Um, I could maybe make a pie crust and put it in a cast iron skillet, yep. pour in a jar of uh, moose stew, and put a crust on top of that and bake it, and I'd have a, a really great um, moose pot pie in, in a half an hour or so. Yep, yep. That is, and, and pulling them off the shelves is just so amazing. You know, you know where it came from. You know you did it. It's a labor of love, and to be able to do that in the winter months. And, and I totally get what you're saying. We'll be out trapping. We'll be out hunting. We'll be out hiking. But when you get back, they're all hungry, <laughs> and you're expected to provide. <laughs> yes. It's just so funny. <laughs> And looking to you for, for something to eat. <laughs> I know, and, and I'm so always so thankful for the things on the shelf, too, to make it quick and easy. That in my wood stove, and, and you uh, definitely proved that in, in your book, too, and, and with all that you did, you know. And I, I just got such a kick out of, you know, you speedily making bread, and, and, and I, I, you know, we make everything from scratch, too. So keeping up with the bread and keeping up with those things, and we, we love being able to put the Dutch oven on the wood stove and just going out for the day and coming back. And I also have a sun oven that I use um, pretty often as well um, so that I can harness the sun and cook our meals while we're outside, too, to make it simple because you know they're going to demand it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that is the great thing about canned canned meat or canned food, um, it, it is pretty, it makes it quick and easy. Um, it's worth all the work it takes to harvest it yep. um, and, and to pan it. It's just worth, worth it. It would take me a week to can a moose because yeah. they're huge. Oh, yeah. It would take a whole week, and I used two canners on my wood cook stove. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so it was a lot of work, but well worth it, well worth it um, when, you, when you're hungry and you come in out of the cold and you need something to eat. Yeah, for sure. And now... Did you have a hard time keeping your pressure canners going with the wood stove, um, you know, keeping it to heat, or did you not have a problem with that? I really didn't. Um, you know, there is a chapter in the book about my, uh, mm -hmm. um, I think I titled, it was titled Our Daily Bread, but uh, where I'm really learning to use the wood cook stove, and it, it's kind of funny because my first few batches of bread were all burned <laughs> or 
or they look beautiful on the outside, and when you cut them open, there's a big hole in the middle. And yeah. But I, I became, you know, I, I got better at it, and I got better at keeping my, my oven right around 350 all day. I, You know, you learn. You yeah. learn how much wood you need to put in, and um, and so I was able, I had no problem um, canning. I could keep it at 10 pounds of pressure or if, if need be 15 pounds of pressure. I, I had no problem with that. That's awesome because that's one of our next steps. I do a lot on the wood stove. Um, we have a cook stove outside in pieces that we want to give a little TLC to and, and get in here. Um, but I would love to be able to do that and and. I understand what you're saying. A moose is large, and so are the elk and that. And keeping those two canners going, you must have had yourself almost cooked out of the cabin. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that's true, too, uh, there, especially our cabin. Our first cabin was 16 by 18 feet. It wasn't very big. It was very homey and warm and comfortable. But when we have both our wood heat stove, we had two wood stoves in there. One was the wood stove for our heat, and that was on just about all the time. And then my cook stove in the opposite corner of the cabin. And when I was, uh, you know, canning or needing to cook for a very long time, um, baking bread, it would get pretty warm. And in, in the middle of winter, it could be 20 below, but I, I might have had that, that door propped open. <laughs> <laughs> we, our families can understand when our first year here, when we finally got in the house, how come our windows were open behind us? We would Skype them, and they could see the window was open, and we're sitting in tank tops. It's our wood, just our little wood stove would cook us right out of here. And today I had an, an other interview earlier and my husband stoked the stove and headed out and my office is up in a loft and I felt like my skin was starting to melt off of me. <laughs> oh, I know. It, it can get pretty warm. It can. Pretty warm standing over a, a, a wood cook stove. Yeah. Well, I wanted to say to you, too, I, something that made your book really unique to me was the fact that you shared your faith so often in there, because I really believe that living a lifestyle like this um, takes a leap of faith to begin with to embrace it, and also um, just all the obstacles and all the things you run into. In everyday life, you know, you run into your roller coaster rides and your ups and downs, but um, I think that, you know, with God leading the way and and... Um, him definitely opening all the doors, you know, that just really was a very strong point for me, and I wanted to thank you for that. Um, thank you very much. Um, yes, uh, you know, I, I wasn't trying to write a religious book or anything, but it, my our faith, my faith um, was, um, there was no way of keeping it out of the story, because oh, yeah. I depended on God every day, God <laughs> and, and Sam. Yep. And, you know, I... You know, God. You know, there's a saying that God does help those who help themselves, and, yeah. and both Sam and I are, are are were strong, determined, ambitious, and and did our best. But sometimes you need help, and yeah. I prayed every single day, and I know that it was Him that got us through the um, the horrific accident that happened when yeah. we were at Window Heights, yeah. um, and just you know bringing people into our lives at just the right time. Yeah. Um, just getting into to the post office at, at the right time on a couple occasions, yep. um, you know, is in the book. There were so many miracles, <laughs> and I'll tell you, I never felt so close to God as I did out in the wilderness. Um, there's yep. just something about it. You know, when in need we pray more, that's just human nature, yep. and I prayed a lot on yep. the island, and it drew me so much closer to God. Okay. That's actually where I learned to pray. Yep. That's where I learned to give thanks for everything um, <laughs> yep. and take Him at His word. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah, for sure. And honestly, um, I have to share with the audience, um, Bonnie 
is a little thing and she awes me. Um, I know what this work entails. I know the strength you need and the endurance you need and and she just awed and inspired me reading her book and and then the other reason she inspired me is living on that lake because my sister is the water girl or water rat as she refers to herself and I am the outdoor girl, the mountain climber and that kind of thing. Water is not my not necessarily that I'm afraid of it, but it's just not one of my favorite places to be and the experiences that you had on that lake would have been some that would have uh definitely touched me in in some special ways. (laughs) I know what you mean. Um, That lake was very scary. That is a very dangerous lake. Um, There is no capsizing in that lake um, because you'll die. It's so cold that hypothermia will set in really quick, and that's just year-round. That's that's all year-round. I was going to say, um, yeah. And then, of course, um, dry, you know, and even in the winter after it's free, uh, frozen, um, Sam would walk across the lake with the chainsaw, and, and the first year he used an axe, and then he, then he uh, the, the first few times he used an axe, and then after that he used a chainsaw yeah. um, to see how deep thick the ice was to make sure it was okay for us to, you know, cross. So there was always... The, the obstacle of the lake, and, yeah. and again, that's why I wrote the title of the book, Winds of Ski Lac. Yeah. Um, that lake was, um, you know, just had her own personality, and it I wasn't always what... nice. <laughs> and then when, but then, then sometimes it was the most beautiful place on earth. It, yep. you know, it's a, a, a mixed blessing. <laughs> and in seconds, it would be from night to day, which you know is just Mother Nature at her finest. And it's just funny reading through the book too. I just laughed at how much you and I are alike, and how much our husbands are alike. Because my husband would have handled things the same way Sam did. It, you know, they're just very bold and and um, fearless men. It, it just blows me away. Uh, you know, and... absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, when I look back now, um, years later, you know, I, I look back and I think my gosh, I can't believe we did that and survived because honestly, Tammy, a lot of people do try to do that and they, you know, and they yeah. don't survive yeah. or they leave. They, they attempt it the first summer and they go back to civilization yeah. um, because you really do need to have some survival skills yeah. to live the way that we did um, because it is, you know, it can be dangerous. Um, you just have to be uh, mindful all the time um, of what you're doing. And Sam, um, and I'm guessing like your husband, could stay calm in any and every situation. Yep. He never yep. um, got excited. Me, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we've crossed that lake many times, and the first year we didn't have very good boats. We had a an old wooden boat with a motor that um, would only run half the time, and, <laughs> and it just didn't have the power to get us across the lake very fast. And then after that, we, we had a 12-foot aluminum boat, if you can imagine, in a lake that can get 100-mile-an-hour will-a-wall winds, and right. we've been stuck. Um, you know, Sam said when we first moved out there, we'll, we'll pick our our choose our will choose our coming and going across the lake. Well, you can do that when you leave, like if you want to go into town. Right. Um, but... Anything can happen while you're in town. Um, that lake can turn just so suddenly. Yeah. Um, you could come back, and if I seen the tree branches blowing just a little bit, I could f- feel that knot of fear in my stomach and like, oh, no, it's going to be really bad going back. And we've been, many times we've crossed the lake, 
and I'm sitting in the front, and I won't turn the back to the end. I have to see what's coming. And I know there's there's one time that was so horrible. The waves were huge mountains of green water, and it was starting to get dark, and it was icy. We were covered in ice our, yeah. in our on our parkas. We were totally covered in ice from where the water would splash on us. And I kept turning around and looking at Sam to try to gauge uh, how he's, He's responding to this because right. um, if he showed any sign of fear, I would have panicked. <laughs> but um, he never did. He would just wink and try to convince me to turn my back to the wind, but I never would. I'd always have to face it head on. Yeah, oh, and that's how I am too. And uh, and you know, things do scare me, but for some reason, when those things happen, it just makes me embrace it even harder. So I don't panic. But I totally uh-huh. got where you were coming from, and and I think that it takes a lot of common sense, and that is something both of our men have, and that's so important. Is you know, I don't think that our men are reckless. I think that they have a lot of common sense, a lot of trust in in their capabilities, and and they're real caretakers. So, you know, all of that plays such a role in it, and and you really do need to use common sense and survival skills in these situations because it, like you said, it's a year round thing with that lake. It wouldn't matter what time of year it was. You got in that water, you didn't have much time. Right, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right about our men. They, they, you know, not like I said, not everybody can do yeah. uh, do that lifestyle. Yeah. Um, when when we were ready for it, Sam, Sam's always hunted and fished all his life. He shot his first deer when he was four years old. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't hardly carry the gun, but he actually <laughs> shot his first deer. Um, so he grew up, um, you know, learning and hunting, and it, he always had a love for it, where I was more suburbia and, and never really did that. But when we started dating and then after we got married, we would do those things together. So he was he was getting me ready. Yeah, yes, <laughs> he was. And, yeah, and then when, when he I learned that we were going to, you know, go to the wilderness, I would go to the library and check out a stack of books and read everything I could on Alaska, on survival, on how to can meat, how to how to salt it, how to preserve it, um, the works, and how to bake bread. Um, so that's very important. I think anybody that wants to, and so many people do, people really want to get out of the rat race, and they really want to, many of them, want to get out you know, in, into the country or the wilderness and, and try to live off the land and, and be more self-reliant. Yeah. But you do have to know what you're doing. So you really have to, to learn and, and read up on it if you don't already know yes. so that you, your chances of survival are going to be, or, or success. will be good. Yes, very good advice, Bonnie, very good advice. And um, knowledge is power, and and I know you guys are as well as we are, just sponges for knowledge. I I say the day I stop learning will be the day I'm six feet under because I want to learn. I want to know how to do things regardless what they are, you know, and and just keep educating myself. And um, I... I can't. I can't agree with you more. You, it's it's important to um, educate yourself. Find people that will teach you and show you, um, and find good resources. And that brings me to the subject of um, letting you folks know that you will be able to locate um, in the show notes all of uh, the ways to connect with Bonnie uh, and also to get your hands on her book. I really do encourage you to read it. It is such an awesome, awesome book, and her story is awesome and just very inspiring and uh, very attainable. Just you know, do your homework and, um, and, uh, Bonnie also has a blog, which I will have connections, um, in the show notes for also so that you can keep in touch with her. Um, but we are actually running out of time and Bonnie, I wanted to thank you so much for joining me today. 
Oh, Tammy, thank you. I just this has been such a blessing and such a pleasure to talk with you, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, I'm just glad uh, this has been great. I very much enjoyed this, and I really uh, hope to keep in touch with you. Um, you just you've you've been an inspiration, and uh, even to us. And um, we are definitely going to be embracing Alaska uh, as long as God opens those doors. We're heading, so um, you know we're, we're we're looking to God to lead us. But um, I'd love for you to share, um, you know, some your some thoughts and um, inspire um, our audience um, with your last words. Well, I I just want to say that um, if you have a dream, you know, whatever your dream is, you know, if 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 dreams came to us easy, we wouldn't we wouldn't need to dream. Um, whatever it is, embrace it, go for it. Um, you'll never know what you're made of or what could have happened, yep. you know, if you don't follow that dream. Um, I highly recommend it. I'm I'm really glad that we did. It was the best thing we ever did was to go to Alaska and live off the land and do this. Um, yeah. It was the best thing ever. Yeah, I can. I totally agree. Those are awesome words, Bonnie, because so many people um, end their life with regret. And I did a webinar two nights ago, and a 70-plus-year-old woman um, thanked me for the inspiration um, and, and agreed with my sentiments on not leaving any stones unturned and to embrace your dreams because she said that's the worst thing is when you get to her age and wish you had and 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 those are those are well-spoken words and you you know take baby steps do your you know do your do your education and and um learn the things you need to know and if you don't know where to find that, don't ever hesitate. I've told you before, you can all reach out to me at survive at treyerwilderness.com and we will be happy to share um, our knowledge with you. And if we don't know, we'll connect you with the right people. But thank you all for joining me today. Um, again, you can find us at treyerwilderness.com and you can find Bonnie at windsofskalak.com. And again, I will have that in the show notes so that you have the proper spelling. Um, but you guys take care, and um, again, this is Tammy Treyer, Mountain Woman Radio at treyerwilderness.com. Until next week, you guys take care, and God bless. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where you will learn something new every week. We hope you enjoyed the show and encourage you to join us at treyerwilderness.com. And be sure to connect with us on iTunes. Remember, your reviews on iTunes are very important to us and help us reach more people just like you.